We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Scotty Scheffler is number one in the world with a bullet. Someone picked him in our one and done, but he did it off camera. He didn't do it with us. Find out who that was, and we'll preview the Valero Texas Open coming up here on Gaming Golf. Everybody, welcome to Gaming Golf, the Valero Texas Open Edition. Jeff Erickson here with Scott Jenstad and Jeff Ritter. One of us picked Scott Scheffler, but he didn't do it on camera, so it doesn't count. No, that's just kidding. Uh, Jeff, congrats on nailing him in our one and done pool. Uh, boy, what a year for Scotty Scheffler. Well, first of all, I picked him on camera earlier this year, and then I forgot to pick him in the pool. So yeah, I've, I've, since, I've since made it a habit to uh, enter my one and dones live here on the show, which is r- riveting radio. Uh, but yeah, I, Sheffler's just riding the wave, man. I just felt like it as good a chance as anybody to get through the round to the you know pool play and match play. And at that point, all bets are off. So, but I certainly I I felt like Scheffler was a guy that was certainly going to win a tour event this year. I mean, the fact that he was picked for the Ryder Cup team last year without a tour victory kind of told you that inside the locker room, people felt like this was a potential, you know a world beater. It just hadn't done it yet. And so now he's going out and beating the world. So I did never would have guessed he'd be number one this year. I, I honestly thought Rom would be a guy that would just hold it all year. Uh, but you know, but we're just riding the wave at this point. Rom has done very little to hold anything these days. But yeah. So I, I wouldn't write him off. Uh, you know, no, we'll, do, I wouldn't we'll do the Augusta preview next week, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily less bullish on Rom for uh, as we get into major season, but Scheffler just, he is on proverbial heater right i mean just like who would have thought he'd run off victories this quickly the the augusta preview is that pretty much will he will tiger play or won't tiger play 30 minutes of that i think now by, by next tuesday we should be through that i think <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's, i think it'll be we could do this entire of, show on it but you know i think it'll be 15 minutes of tiger and 15 minutes of jeff saying he's there i think that's what's really going to happen but <laughs> he uh, is he is on course today right that's the rumor well, yeah, Tiger well, is. Jeff yeah, won't be Tiger. here until next week. But uh, are you are you there just, next week, Jeff? 
I am. Yeah, it'll be a forty-five uh, minute humble brag next week. I am. So. I am quite. Uh, I'm quite jealous. My one trip there was great. I'd look look forward to going back sometime. Yeah, we'll spend a little bit more de- uh, time in depth next week. This week, it's a uh, well, it's the Valero Texas Open, a sandwich between the match play and Augusta, about the worst, one of the worst slots of the year, timing wise. Yeah, you know, it used to be, but there are guys who like to play that week before the major. I mean, the fact that Rory McIlroy, I, I think that's a surprise entry this week. Uh, Mickelson usually, when he, you know, <laughs> before all of this, it, but part of his preparation, his standard major week routine was to play the event before so some guys i don't think it'll ever be a true just shut out you know but uh, it really gives it a little extra kind of momentum yeah. this week. well sure. after skipping match play no less and same with uh you know rory and hideki both i feel like it's decent at the top and then it falls off pretty darn quickly but uh yeah the, it's i'm surprised that uh surprised rory uh, rory spieth uh, and bryson are playing but i guess bryson's trying to get back in back into shape here yeah, I think that's right. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, yeah. Valero, Texas Open. So what do we know about the course? What do we know about, uh, you know, history on this course? Well, it's stock 72, but, you know, usually you got to drive it well. Um, if the wind is blowing, that's pretty much how it rolls down here in South Texas. Is That's your main line of defense is will it play at a fast and with the wind gusting or if the wind's down, you might see 20 under win this thing so uh but i look for it and i read that they grew the rough out a little longer than usual this year which has been a, a trend on tour so you might place a little more emphasis off the tee and with and with the ball striker so but i mean i think rory you know if he wants to play a week somewhere and build some confidence this feels like on paper a pretty good place for him to build some confidence so um it, he's the top guy on the board in daily fantasy i'm not sure i'm paying up for it but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he won because I do think this is like a Rory McIlroy type of of setting for him. Yeah, it's 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 a long course, but uh, you know it's weird. You look at uh, it's actually tougher than you would think. Like the scores the last three years have been pretty good, but um, the cut line's never been under par at this course since it's uh, since it's been at this course. And wow. if you take greens in regulation and you take uh, you know the tour averages, fifty eight percent at this course. That's the uh, second toughest greens in regulation on the entire tour, second only to Riviera. So um, you gotta you gotta you gotta be a little good around the green too. It's uh, I, I was a little surprised by how tough those stats are. Um, it seems like uh, if you can you know long and straight always works in golf. Off, but especially so here although um it depends like what jeff's talking about the rough like if you can if there's a lot of a lot of bomb and gouge that kind of work but they if they grow that rough out a little bit um i i kind of looked at off the tee as a, as a as a little more of a key stat than normal this week too all right so uh with that in mind let's crack the top five uh seems like there's always five in the ten thousand. so uh this week it's rory as we alluded to 11-2 hideki matsuyama 10-8 jordan speed 10-6 always kind of favored here a little bit abraham answer at 10-3 and as you mentioned bryson at 10-2 uh scott we'll start with you this time what do you like if uh well jeff and i actually are gonna agree here because i am uh, i am big on paying up for rory this week i think that the i think the middle range like these eights and nines aren't quite as good as normal so i think i like going up top and maybe i I played the lineup where i go uh rory two eights and then some guys in the sevens and it worked pretty well um, I just really like – I think he stands out in this group. I mean, Bryson, we don't know fully has playing. I think Bryson's a good bet this week, but not a good DraftKings player. Just, I think that he could win or he could miss the cut. So I, I like betting him more than playing him in, in, a, in a DraftKings lineup. Um, I don't love how Amy answered 
hitting the ball, although he played really well last week. Uh, no chance for me on speed at the price. And Hideki, I'm just I'm just not sure if he's really healthy, if he's testing it out this week. Uh, you know, he missed, uh, he withdrew at the players, didn't play last week. I just don't know um, if he's kind of, you know, you know, ease it into it and see how he is for Augusta this week or actually compete. He can always compete if he's playing well, but um, I think Rory sticks out pretty significantly for me in this group. And I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and jam him with some lineups, even 11 two. I think, uh, I think DeChambeau and Spieth are both fades off this tier. Uh, Spieth just not fully clicking yet. Although sometimes he'll find it um, right before Augusta. He's one, I think he's the defending champ at this event. So, and we know Augusta tends to bring out his best. So I, I hesitate to just take him right off the board, but his current form would almost make you do that. And then DeChambeau, I just, I feel like I just want to prove it weak still from him before I'm ready. I'm fine being too late uh, on Bryson at this point. So yes, Rory's the guy off the tier. I just don't, it's all how you build your lineup. Yeah, Uh, I prefer three guys in the nines. Than, no. than Rory, but uh, you're gonna I, you're gonna have to you have to sell you have to sell me on some of those guys in the night. That, I, that's I'm what we call broadcasting yeah. as a tease. So yeah. let's tease it. Going into those nines, which there aren't that many of them. Uh, Corey Connors nine eight played a lot of rounds last week. Siwoo Kim ninety six. Maverick McNeil McNeely, excuse me, ninety five. Chris Kirk ninety four. Gary Woodland ninety three. Keegan Bradley ninety two. Tony Finau ninety one, and Jason Day at nine thousand. Okay, Jeff, who are your magic three in the nine? All right. So, I mean, match play is fickle. It's a little random, but uh, friend of the podcast and ball striking machine, Corey Connors, may have found it just in time for Augusta. He's already in the master's field. I think that's a pretty good price for him, and I think this is a really good golf course for him. So I actually kind of started my build with Connors. Another guy I like a lot is McNeely. So another, another kind of sneaky way to play this event is to look for guys who are playing well, but not yet in the master's field. So they have a lot to play for and it's win and in. And so McNeely is a guy who's, he's ascending and he had a good Florida swing. I think he got knocked out early in match play. Although he played, I think, I think he played well at the match play. He just didn't he did. make it. He did. Yeah, he, got, so, he, knocked, he got knocked out in a, in a, in a sudden death playoff kind of thing. He played right. really well. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So I, I just think McNeely, sometimes you kind of look for who, who's a potential missing piece of the master's field. Who's playing well enough to go win this thing with full motivation. And I, for me, McNeely fits the bill. And then as, as once I, I'd like, I wish the price were a little lower, but I do still buy uh, even, even though uh, Genstad declined my trade a few weeks ago, I do buy a potential Jason day resurgence. He's always, he always seems to be better early in the year than late when he's playing well. And so I think it's a good golf course for him. So Jason day at nine and, and also Woodland at, is he 93? Yeah. 93. He's had a good Florida swing uh, is also tempting at that price. So I, I like to build off three of those four guys in the nines. If you could offer me someone that could actually make a cut for Jason day, I might be interested. How about a past Masters champion? Again, uh, someone who can make Masters. a cut. <laughs> I may have, you know, Kyle Stanley is available, I hear. Poor guy. I keep trying to cut him and, you know, for guys that have already been picked up. But, uh, no, I, I'm guessing you want a little bit more than that for uh, Patrick Reed. Scott, who do you like in the nines? Anybody? Uh, there's a couple of guys I like. I'm a little worried on Connors. I think Jeff's point on him fitting well, the course works. I just don't love six rounds in five days that he played last week. And yeah. that's a lot of golf. Uh, there's a, there's, it, it's, it's not pure science, but there's a, there's a lot of history of guys who play really deep in that tournament, not playing well the next week. Um, I'm going down a little bit. I, I really like uh, Jeff mentioned Gary Woodland. I really like Woodland at 9,300 this week. Uh, missed cut at the players, but uh, he's 21st at Valspar, two top fives before that. The most important thing for me is that he really found the ball striking at Valspar, gained 
4.8 shots, TD Green, 4.5 on approach. Really good TD Green numbers in three of four. I know he didn't play well at players, but uh, you know that uh, that happens. That week was just kind of wacky with the the delays and the wind and all that. Uh, he's gained on approach in four straight weeks. I think he's just playing really well. I think he's one of the you know, one of the guys in this field that actually win this tournament. Like there's not a, once you get off the top. The rest of the names are, you know, guys who haven't won or, you know, you guys don't really trust. But this is a major champion um, playing well right now. I think he works well here. I also like Chris Kirk at 9,400. Um, another guy missed the cut of the players, but playing great golf before that. Three top 15s coming in. Really good TD Green numbers. And I just kind of throw players out. Like, it just there was so yeah. much going on that that week. And just you have to look and see what side they were on. But there was just it was just a wacky week. And, uh, you know, guy, they played until Monday. So I just kind of throw that out. But three top tens, gaining huge TD Green each. So I think uh, Kirk at 9,400, uh, Woodland 9,300. Kirk's actually 25 to 1 to win this tournament. Like, it's a really no, no low number. Um, his DraftKings number is uh, lower than you, you know, lower you think for a guy who's 25 to 1. But uh, those are my two of the 9,000s I think uh, could win this tournament. I'm playing in DraftKings this week. Yeah, and I, I think the throwing out factor, I mean, you could almost throw out the last three weeks in some ways, shapes, yeah. or form. I mean, Valspar was on short rest for a lot of these guys. Um, and then, of course, obviously, match play is a different, just a completely different animal, and not everybody played it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, it's we got a little bit of a, a black box issue here. So that, that's fine. Uh, but it's just it, it's less probative at times. Uh, don't throw out entirely, but at the same time, it means less a little bit there. Kind of like when we were doing projections for baseball, but uh, I'm not, I haven't been projecting Keegan Aiken or anything lately. And just so we can have enough pitchers, but so it goes uh, wearing orange today. Yay. Uh, eight thousands. Let's talk about uh, that group here. Adam Hadwin, 89, Kevin Streelman, 87, Johnny Vegas, 86, Luke List, 85, Davis Riley, 84, Riley coming off that great round, uh, great tournament at the, at the Valspar, Russell Knox at 83, Charlie Hoffman, 82. That's a name I think we always talk about in the Texas tournaments. Uh, Mito Pereira, 81. And Patton Kazire and Ryan Palmer at 8,000. Palmer, another Texas guy. Uh, Scott, who do you like in the eights? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Hoffman because his course history here is bonkers. He has yeah. nine, nine top 15 finishes, 11 starts, three seconds and a win. There is no way I'm playing him this week. I looked at his current form. He is all over the place. I'm going away from, from course history on that one. I think it's just a bit too much. He is, he is a mess be right now. heavily rostered, too. I, I think so. I think people are just going to be like, oh, I'm going to take that for the course history. I just – I'm not doing – he's playing so badly right now. Like, he ranks – in the bottom 10 in this field, a lot of different stats. It's it's really, really ugly right now. I mean, he he lost uh, 10 and a half strokes uh, total at Valspar. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't gained in shot gain total in uh, since October of 2021. So uh, I am staying far away there. But I do like uh, I do like some guys in this range. I mentioned, you know, kind of playing Rory with two guys in the eights is kind of my plan at the moment. Um, Adam Hadwin's playing really well right now, but I really like Kevin Streelman at 8,700. Um, he's got uh, in, the, in this course, you talk about course history. Five top 20s, his last seven starts here. Back-to-back top 10s, plays, of course, really well. More importantly than me, playing really well lately. He had a he had a bad stretch in there where he wasn't playing really well. Um, but the last couple he, last couple of weeks, he finished seventh at Valspar, 22nd at Players, um, gained 7.4 TD Green at Valspar, struck the ball really well, played really well on the, on the, around the green, too, gained 4.1 shots there. We talked about the greens and regulations really low here, so I, look, I like someone that can get it, kind of get it up and down from around the green. Kind of like, uh, kind of like you do, Jeff. I was playing with you uh, last uh, <laughs> last week, and you were just uh, everything's an automatic up and down. It's really impressive. yeah. That, um, th- these are lies. Um, uh-huh. 
Short but, game uh, is not my strength. To we say did, we did, we did play this week, but yeah, I might be yeah. embellishing a little bit, but a little bit. Um, I really like Stroman this week. Kind of a combination of some course history and some, some good recent form. Um, I always like Johnny Vegas and feels like this. He played really well in Punta Cana last week. He was actually the favorite going in, finished fourth, uh, twenty-seven. The Valpar Valspar gained five shots on approach, so I do like him. Struggling around on the green a little bit. My one concern with him, and you know, he's a little more expensive than he is normally. But uh, Strillman's probably my favorite, a little bit over Vegas. And then if I'm dropping down lower in the eight thousands, um, I actually like Pat Kassire a little bit. Uh, made five straight cuts, um, playing uh, playing pretty well right now. Uh, gain an approach in five straight. He's a little bit uh, wary off, a little bit wild off the tee right now, which concerns me at this tournament. But I like his uh, I like his approach game. I like he's making cuts. And for those five cuts, uh, finishing the top 35. So not just, you know, finish making the cut and finish 60th. Um, has had some stretch there. Finished top 10 in Phoenix. So I think if you drop down a little bit, I think Kazire's interesting. I think Mito Pereira, friend of the podcast, really interesting too at 8,100. That's a good rundown. I think um, I would I would go back to Davis Riley here. I'm tempted. Uh, there's a runner-up at the Valspar a couple weeks ago. It was off last week. Uh, possibly the coolest swing. Just one of those, like, you just watch a swing and feel like you yourself might be improving as a golfer just from watching it. It's like it's in that, like, Oosthuizen, Adam Scott category of just I could watch this guy hit golf balls all day. It's not a fluke. Um, I don't know if this is too soon off that near miss, but I'm tempted at the price at 8,400. And then the other guy, I would also go back to Ryan Palmer. Uh, I feel like you got to have one Texan on your board. Uh, I agree. Hoffman's a stay away just based on the the form. As Scott said, it's horrendous, even though his course history is incredible here. Uh, but I like Ryan Palmer. He's putting poorly, but seems to be striking it well. So maybe this is a place you can get comfortable and find it. So Palmer at 8,000 for me. I like that number. We are broadcasting, as always, on the Blue Wire Network. Take a quick note for their sponsors right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back. Uh, thanks, as always, to the Blue Wire Network for hosting Gaming Golf. 7,000s. It is too copious to name every single one of them. So let's just jump right into them here. Jeff Ritter, who do you like? Uh, we'll go top half of the 7,000s. Well, here at Gaming Golf, we have to know our Hoygards, right? This is an important <laughs> thing that we, yes. try to, we try to bestow upon our, our viewers. So we've we've praised uh nikolai hoygard and i believe you jeff picked him up on the season-long fantasy league much to my chagrin not much not much out of nikolai but lo and behold here comes the other hoygard 
uh, descending upon Texas. There is another. I yes. am intrigued at 7,900. Uh, I had a good week in Puerto Rico to uh, to get down here. And uh, I don't know. That's a little more than I probably want for someone that I, you know, I'm not sure I've ever seen him hit a shot live. But uh, the worldwide pedigree is intriguing. And you wonder, you know, he's not in the master's field. This is that fits the bill of someone who comes in with motivation and playing well. Um, I wish it was priced a little less, but I'm still intrigued at 7,900. You know, I was looking at Sahith Thigala. I was like, I've seen a lot of him uh, on broadcasts, but then I saw he's like made two of his last four cuts. And it, it's like, yeah, it's, there's more sizzle than steak, perhaps. What do you guys think about him? Uh, that was going to be my guy in the top sevens. I actually do like it. Uh, you know, he, it's, it's funny. He had that, he had that really good showing at Phoenix where he was on TV the entire weekend. It was leading and yep. didn't win. And then, you know, kind of fell back at Genesis and then struggled at API and the players. Uh, but I really like the bounce back. He finished seventh at Valspar, gained 9.8 T to green, 4.4 on the green. Again, another guy played well. I'm going to like that. And then went to Putacana last week, finished 22nd. So, you know, made the cut, gained five strokes, uh, you know, total. Uh, I like the game right now. I think he's pretty solid. I think a lot of people are going to be on Brendan Steele in this range. Um, I'm a little bit worried about his putter right now. He's lost uh, lost strokes putting in eight of nine tournaments. Like, we always talk about, yeah, you know, you, you like a guy that maybe struggles putting a couple times, but like, that's a, that's a trend right there. And some of those are really bad. He hit the ball really well at the players, hit the ball well at API, um, had five missed cuts before that. I just don't trust the flat stick right now. I think he's going to be popular. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to veer uh, away from steel and go to at the gala. If I play someone in the top set in the, the top half of the sevens here. So I the, won't be the, gala, the joke thought, that, Oh, go ahead. I thought I gave the, the gala, the kiss of death by picking him up in the fantasy. In our no, fantasy only game, I so. do that. Only I do that. <laughs> But I can't make the joke. Scott Jensen likes Brendan Steele, but uh, you know, a little Wall Street reference. That you got that one, Scott, right? I got that one. It was prior to 1965, so I got it. Okay, good. <laughs> or good. later than 1965. Usually, yeah. your old references are a little tough for me. Yeah, exactly. That was that was, and that's why I was just a little off too, because it is a little on the older side. All right, it was good. bottom it. bottom half of the seven thousand. Scott, who do you like? couple names down here I like, and I talked about playing Rory, so you're going to need some guys down here. The one I really like the most is um, Matthew Neesmith. Uh, played uh, played really well in two of his last three tournaments. He did miss the cut at players. Again, I'm tossing that out for most guys. But you look at Valspar. He finished third. Most importantly to me, ball striking was off the charts good. Gate 9.3 shots, TD Green 7.9 approach. You jump back a couple of tournaments before that, played Honda, uh, gained five T to green, 5.2 on approach. He was eighth in the field in approach at Honda. He led the field in approach at Valspar, the entire field. Um, love him this week, 7,100. I was surprised he was down here after the third at Valspar. Uh, probably my favorite play in the 7,000s all the way down at 7,100. Um, I also like Brian Stewart a little bit here at 7,200. Um, last five events, two of those were alternate fields. I do get that, but one missed cut, two top 10s, four top 25s. So not only making cuts, but, you know, getting you those DraftKings points you need down here. You want someone that, uh, you know, not only has a chance to make the cut, that's most important when you get your guys down here, but maybe someone that can sneak into the top 25, top top 30. He was 7th at Putacana. He was 16th at Valspar in a, you know, a full field event. Gained 4.9 TD green, 3.3 approach in that tournament. So um, while Neesmith is my favorite, I think I'm going to have Neesmith and Stewart on a bunch of lineups. I'm looking at, uh, and I hope I say it correctly, Takumi Kanaya, who is in the Masters field. But just got out of pool play at the match play. I think he got run over by Corey Connors, if I'm not mistaken, in that. But um, feels like a pretty highly ranked guy in the world who's playing well to be down at the 7,300 range. So he was my, he was my favorite off this this part of the tier. But I under- still can't pick him up in our league. By the way, I, I tried to last week. I'm not <laughs> tilting about that at all. He and Richard was- Bland both made the cut. That was awesome. 
It was so nice of me to uh, let you go ahead and pick him up because we both thought he was available. And uh, you were the only one that looked uh, foolish on the email instead of me for once. Yeah. There you go. All right. Anybody else? Richard Bland's in the tournament. He's boring. I, I'll be rooting for him. I don't know that I would. I mean, maybe. I, he I needs know. to win to get into the Masters, right? He does. I think yep, that was does. his lifelong so, uh, goal. So does Ricky Fowler. Ooh. Yeah, we had, we didn't mention Richard, but prior to that, there. So. Yeah, he struck the ball. Uh, struck the ball well in his last event, but man, it's uh, it's tough to see him making a run at winning a tournament at the moment. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. All right, bargain basement time. Anybody in the sixes you like? You, I mean, if you're playing Rory, you got to be at least digging in here a little bit. Scott, you're, I know you're going Rory. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, uh, Neesmith and Stewart helped that with Rory a bunch, but there are some names down here. I think Tyler Duncan is uh, is usable. He's 6,500. You look at his last three events, uh, 28th, 25th, and 35th. So not only making cuts, but, you know, sneaking there, making some making some dollars, um, gained across the board uh, in all the uh, the stat metrics at, at Valspar. Uh, I also think Nate La- Nate Lashley kind of fits in that field, too. He's 6,900. Um, you look at the last three events, 15th, 27th, and 7th. Again, two alt events, but, you know, we're in the six thousands. The guys are playing alt events for a reason, but um, hit it really well at Honda in uh, in uh, in, or in late February. But uh, just putted really badly. But then played well in Puerto Rico. Played well at Valspar. Played well at Putacana. So I like that. And uh, as a Northwestern person, Jeff Luke Donald uh, gained six point uh, two shots in approach at Valspar. Finished sixteenth. Uh, what say Go you cats. on your on your on your fellow cat? Go Cats! Uh, I wish him well, Jeff. What do you uh, got? All right. Well, I've got uh, so Minwoo Lee. Drives it far. Uh, didn't do much in the match play, so he's, he's well-rested. Um, I feel like he's a guy that we've seen at higher prices, though, and maybe could be due for yeah. a bounce back. Uh, yeah, Austin, he, only, he only lost 10.4 shots total at API and, 11, and uh, 5.6 at Genesis. So that's that was, all he did. Uh, I actually liked him, too. We think we talked about him in the early tournament, and I looked yeah. at his stats. I was like, oh, he's not, yeah, not, he's uh, not doing so, so, far, so well in the U.S. so far. Price, the price reflects it, though. I think yeah. um, Austin Smotherman, who we've both mentioned as sleepers in various weeks, just want to point out, if you didn't fulfill your Texas quota early in your DFS lineup, he is a native Texan, also a good ball striker. Um, I believe this is his first trip in this event, but um, at this price, you're just looking for reasons to make a cut. And then um, I, I still flagged Adam Svensson, who I picked up in the season-long league, which just <laughs> kind of quietly been plodding along, making top 30s. Um, maybe he's got one more in him this week. So those are my three guys in the bargains basement range. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, let's pivot over to gambling, the gaming sports betting side. Uh, what's on our betting sheet this week, Jeff, we'll go with you first. I'll go right back to guys. I mentioned earlier, I think uh, I show Maverick McNeely at 30 to one on golf odds. I don't, oh, can't pull it up on the DraftKings board now, but it's uh MG, bet mgm is 35 so that's pretty close like yeah i like it even more there um that is tempting i think uh jason day at 40 to 1 is tempting and um i don't know you got to know your hoy guards i show them at 80 to 1 and i saw them at 100 to 1 somewhere else so i might take a shot at rasmus those are my guys okay scott yeah, it's funny. We talked about Bryson earlier. Bryson's 28 to 1 right now on DraftKings. And I just think that's kind of an auto bet. When you get someone in this field that's that elite of a player, I know he looked rusty last week, but he looked healthy. And I think that's the most important thing. But you're going to give me 28 to 1. I'm not going to play it over 10,000 DraftKings, but you need someone like that, that good in this field at 28 to 1. I'm just kind of going to take him every time. So I'm going to bet Bryson this week. Uh, I really like Gary Woodland. He is 30 to 1 right now. I think he's got a really good shot to win this week. Um, I, like, uh, I like Kevin Streelman, 65 to 1, kind of dropping down 
around the board a little bit. I think, uh, you know, kind of we talked about course history plus recent form is, is really good. And then uh, I got to go Matthew Neesmith, 100 to 1 right now. Uh, you know, the guy I was kind of pointing out in the low 7,000s. I really like how he's playing right now. Two of his last three tournaments, like he was elite striking the ball. So uh, give me someone like that at 101. I'll take it. And I might throw I might throw a dollar on Tyler Duncan at uh, 250 to 1 just to uh, have a little uh, a little fun there too. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's, except for the yeah, it's it, the, the loss is very minimal if you get yeah. it right. So there you go. All right, let's close out one and dones. Um, Jeff, you got it right last week. You had the burden of going first this time. I'm I'm between Connors and McNeely, and I'm I'm gonna go with McNeely. The tiebreaker being that he needs it to get into the Masters, but I think uh, I think McNeely fits the bill as a guy who's on the rise. Uh, got in the match play, but had the weekend off. So he comes in rested, but still playing well overall. Uh, just feels like he belongs in that master's field. So I'm going to take him. Scott? If you need, uh, if you're behind, you need to get a win. I think that, um, I think Rory's interesting. I've already used him, so I will not be doing it there. But um, I'm going Gary Woodland this week. Uh, I kind of want to go at bo- below the uh, below the level of elites, but I think Woodland uh, really has a good chance to win this week, like the recent form. Um, I don't see myself kind of using him in any of the bigger tournaments. I think he kind of fits really well this week for one and done. You know what? I've often diversified for the sake of diversification. I'm going Woodland too. Screw that. Oh, I like it. Uh, I am not going to change my pick just because Scott's taking it. I think that's a common error. It's right up there with uh, getting into a battle of death, uh, battle of the wits to the death with the Sicilian. Just don't do it. Uh, (laughs) I'm also today years old when I found that Jeff Ritter is left-handed. So I'm writing with his uh, writing there and uh, I'm also a lefty. So I'm happy about that. That, 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 That's funny because we play, we played golf with uh, Tim Schuler of Rotorwell this week and he hits the ball right-handed and putts left-handed. I could not get over that through 18 holes. It was, I've never seen anything like that. And uh, he he shot in the seventies. So clearly he's doing something right. Yeah. And I'm left-handed, but golf ready because my dad, gave me his old clubs and taught me how to swing. So that's how I learned how to play. Do you swing so. a baseball bat left-handed though? Softball. I play, I swing it righty. Um, Cause he also taught me how to swing righty okay. first, but then I learned how to hit lefty when I played hardball. So I was a switch hitter. Um, and it, you know, when you got speed like me, you got to use it as a lefty down the line there. So uh, I don't know. So you're probably with, with your four, four speed, you're probably impossible to get out from the left-handed side of the box. Yeah. Four, four 20. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> oh, can I take, can I take the over? probably yeah uh you probably could (laughs) so uh any other parting thoughts besides cracking on my speed and jeff's left-handedness uh i'll be i'll be departing for augusta on monday feel free yeah i heard about that send me a shopping list of uh anything you need at the gift shop and we can we can reconvene next tuesday to discuss well in 20 years from now when scott wins a lottery again and hopefully we're still friends we'll be able to meet you that that time so it'll be nice but as since we didn't meet you last time we were all there at the same time that's going to wrap up gaming golf. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Good luck at the Valero Texas Open. We got a big monster Masters preview next week. Take care.